Good morning. How is everyone this morning? Well, I have a question. First of all, is anyone else excited that we finally graduated to at least thin sweater weather? Praise God. We're finally getting into fall. And the days here in North Carolina have been beautiful. I think today is supposed to be equally beautiful. So just want to thank you, Father, for the beautiful weather and the transition to a new season. I know I have a best friend over here in the sanctuary, Miss Rachel Bivens, who fall is like her season. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm whoop, whooping with you. <laughs> so I want to welcome you all to the 10 o'clock class this morning. Today's going to be a little bit different. Uh, yesterday and Friday, actually Friday and Saturday, uh, this weekend, we had an opportunity to attend a leadership training uh, at Agape Faith Church in Clemens, North Carolina. Pastor J.B. Whitfield is the senior pastor at that church, and he is one of our Pastor Brian's spiritual fathers. So it was a great opportunity for us to gather together as a church body and to be under that teaching uh, for Friday evening into Saturday. So we really harvested a whole lot of really great learning over these couple of days. And a number of my brothers and sisters here who are in the congregation today were a part of that teaching. And I think what Pastor Brian and Nicole asked me to do today is to share what my impression was uh, from the training that we've gotten over the last couple of days, but also to draw uh, from the others in the congregation who were a part of that training to share with everyone what they learned, what they gathered, what they harvested from this teaching. So I'm going to share with you some of the thoughts, some of the nuggets that I took away uh, from this particular training. And we'll just kind of flow with the Holy Spirit, so we'll let him guide. Thank God for the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> when you don't know what to say, you let the Holy Spirit do the talking. So he spent some time on Friday evening really talking about a number of really important pieces and reviewing some of the leadership training that we've gotten in the past. Um, so he spent some time talking about different types of leaders, um, some of the, the foundational statements that JB and this leadership teaching have really taught me I'm going to say one word, and I'm going to see if you guys can remember it from yesterday, right? Growth. That's right. Growth without change is impossible. So as leaders and as a body of Christ, we really need to understand that if we're going to grow, not only in our fellowship with him, but grow as a church body, grow, right, for the kingdom, that's going to require change. Change. Change, change. <laughs> right? We need to get excited about change. And as leaders, we really need to be driving change. We need to be seeking to change. We need to be growing through change. So being reminded of that statement really helps set the tone for the couple of days. Another important statement that he shares is that everything rises and falls on leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. So this is another foundational statement that we really, as leaders, need to walk away and be reminded of. Everything rises and falls on leadership. So that if there's a breakdown in a process or something doesn't happen correctly, we really should elevate that or escalate that to our leaders because there is something that hasn't been clearly communicated. There's a process that might be broken or not be completely implemented or in place yet. And it's really giving us an opportunity to relook at that and to address that. Uh, the last one is a little bit longer. But I'm going to see if any of you remember it. Barrett's over there giving me the eye like, I got this handled. So the last statement starts with teams. Are the fundamental building unit of any organization. That's right. Teams 
are the fundamental building units of any organization. So that means that it takes an army of people to implement anything, right? To, to drive an organization, to leave an, lead an organization, it takes teams. So that involves us really understanding teams, how teams work, how teams are formed, the different purposes and functions of teams. And Pastor JB went on to review some of that information um, so that all of us could be reminded of those pieces. So that was really good. So leaders must lead change, right? We've talked about that already. So there's change that has to happen because of that. Leaders must lead personal change. So that means before we can lead others, we have to spend some time leading ourselves, right? So what was interesting, what I'll share with you right away was interesting to me about the leadership training is that God puts pieces together in really interesting ways. So one of the things that we talked about was the, the importance of emotional intelligence. How many of you have heard of emotional intelligence? Right, we've all heard about um, the intelligence quotient or IQ, right? We all, we've heard about taking IQ tests and how smart we are. But there's another component that's involved in that and it's called the emotional quotient, EQ, or emotional intelligence. That really involves us focusing some time on getting to know ourselves. How do we operate? How do we react? What are our triggers? How do we manage the reactions we have to certain feelings we experience? So it's interesting because in uh, preparation for the parenting classes that are coming in November, I've had an opportunity to kind of dig into some teaching from Danny Silk. So if any of you have a chance to read any of Danny Silk's books or watch any of his videos, I highly recommend them. One of his books is called Keeping Your Love On, and in a chapter, uh, he actually speaks to this. So I'm going to share this for you because it's, it was directly connected to what Pastor JB was sharing yesterday. So it was interesting how all these pieces kind of start to come together. So he says in his book, ask yourself these two questions. If you never really learn to value and understand what's going on inside you, how can you value and understand what is going on with another person? Wow. Wow. If you don't know yourself, how can you get to know another person? Someone with a completely different experience and perspective and value the truth of who they are. Right? So this book is, is very specifically focusing on our relationships with people, right? I can't truly appreciate John Benton. George says no one can. <laughs> but my example is I can't truly appreciate John Benton, his thoughts, his feedback, his emotions, his reactions, unless I've taken the time to understand Deb's thoughts, feelings, emotions, and reactions. And as a leader, I cannot effectively lead without knowing that about myself, right? So it's interesting this book talks about relationships we have on this earth. What was great about this reading is immediately what the Holy Spirit brought to me is replace the other person with me. So if you think about these statements as they relate to God, wow. If you never really learn to value and understand what's going on, on inside of you, how can you value or understand what's going on with God? Wow. Wow. 
that connects to the two-part series we've been talking about on Wednesdays that talks about this leadership training that connects to the emotional intelligence training um, or conversation we had yesterday. Our, our executive leadership team at our advance next month has actually done an emotional intelligence survey or assessment and we're going to be reviewing that and talking about that and how do we as individuals start looking at how do we start dealing with ourselves and improving and changing ourselves. So it's really interesting, I think the, the feedback I gave to Pastor Brian and the other members of the congregation that were there yesterday was, it was confirmation. I think for me, sometimes I go away to those, leadership, those types of leadership trainings and I think, I'm going to get some new learning. Some new bomb is going to land in my lap, right? And I'm going to have highlights all over it and it's going to be awesome. But what happened Friday and Saturday was confirmation of things that we're already doing. Yeah. Confirmation of things that this church is already wrapping its arms around, has already established and is starting to grow up. Yeah. So for me it was like, this is awesome because it validates, it confirms, right? It says that this, this body of <coughs> believers is on the right path. Yeah. We're on the right path. Yeah. Sometimes it might not feel that way, sometimes we might not feel comfortable or we might not it might seem a little weird or wonky but it shouldn't be right growth without change is impossible that's right so he went on in his teaching and training to really take a step um, into a new area and that is to move away from being a manager and into being a coach so the lion's share of the teaching then for the remainder of the time was talking about the importance of coaching people not leading or directing people. So instead of me dictating, I need you to do this and this and this and this and this, it really shifted the paradigm to one of asking questions. So I need to become skilled now in asking questions, not only of my team members, but of anybody I interact with. So my job as a coach is to draw you out. Right? What did Jesus do? I think Pastor JB said, Jesus asked something like 140 some odd questions during his ministry. Usually the first words out of his mouth were a question. He was asking his disciples a question. He was asking the people he was preaching to a question. So we should probably think about adopting something very similar. So he talked about coaches go within. Coaches educate. Managers dictate. Education or educo the root word, I wrote it down here, is to draw from within. And then there was a really powerful statement he made that resonated with me, and he said, if you don't go within, you will go without. So if you don't go within someone in your team and draw that out, you will go without receiving what they have on the inside of them. All of us have gifts to share. All of us have blessings, right? All of us have a wonderful box on the inside of us that if a good, trained coach knows the key to unlock that box, then guess what? All of those blessings, all of those talents come pouring out. But as a coach, I have to purpose myself to know how to do that drawing. What types of questions does it take to do that drawing? So it was really interesting. We went through a process then of learning how to juggle, and we were asked to pair up into groups and 
uh, teach each other or coach each other how to juggle. So that was a really fun experience. I'm sure George mastered juggling um, the moment he did it. So he went on to talk about the importance of discovery and awareness and choice. And it lines right up with the emotional intelligence piece. It lines right up with knowing yourself. So we must discover uh, knowing ourselves, right? There has to be a self-discovery process. Then there has to be awareness, right? We can't change what we're not aware of. So you have to go through this discovery process to become aware. Then once you're aware, really translating that into making the right choices. Because can you make the right choices if you're not aware? And if you're not aware, have you really done a good job discovering? No. So it's important that you all, as the body, elevate discovery pieces of information to your leadership team, to your building team, to members of your team. What we, don't, we can't change what we don't know. Right? And growth without change is impossible. So a lot of change or improvement or growth of the church or all of that, yes, everything rises and falls on leadership, but we're all one body. Right? So we should all be working together uh, to do those things. So the other piece I thought was really interesting was the theme of the conference was one step at a time. And how sometimes we have to take a step back before we can take a leap forward. Right? I think sometimes the teaching that we've had in church is keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing forward. Right? The world teaches us to keep pushing forward. Don't stop. Don't give up. And those things are important, absolutely. But if we're going to make a big leap, what do you do? If you want to make a big, broad jump, what are you probably going to do? You're probably going to stop and take a big step back and take a run at it. So in our lives, sometimes there's an opportunity to pause and rest and maybe even take a step back in what would be ahead of taking a much bigger leap. That was revelation for me. It was awesome. So I want to know from others of you that were a part of the, the conference this weekend, is anyone um, ready, interested, sharing uh, their thoughts, their revelations from the training this weekend? For, if anyone's interested in coming up and joining us, I think Barrett has a microphone. Barrett, why don't you come on up, girl? I was just demonstrating. Right. Well, when you have the mic, you're expected to speak. So tell us what your thoughts were from the training. Well, I think that uh, for me the biggest um, revelation was the difference between managerial and coaching. And the description that Pastor JB gave was one of sports, and I don't understand lots of things with sports, but I got this one. Good. Kind of. So. <laughs> George has opportunity, right, to coach you. It's cool. It's all right. Um, but he was talking about how in baseball there's a manager that's over the team, and then there's a first base coach, a second base coach, a third base coach, and so on and so forth. And it's the manager's job, or yeah, the manager's job to oversee and make immediate um, dictations of you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, fix this, fix this, fix this. His job is to oversee, and if results are not being given, it's his job to get rid of what's not producing. But in the body, we're not called to be managers. We're called to be coaches. And the difference is that as the first base coach, if I see an opportunity within you that you're not 
performing to the best that you can. My job is to go to you and help you get there. And what resonated with me is that that's really the heart of this church. This church goes after the one. This church is not focused. And as the body of Christ, we're not supposed to be focused on how big are the results? How big is it getting? What does it look like? Are we, are we doing X, Y, Z? Our focus is on the individual. Our focus needs to be on whether or not we're growing the person into who they're called to be, developing them into the player that they're supposed to be, into the warrior for Christ that they're called to be. We're not disposable. God does not have a disposable mentality. Right. And so when we switch our thinking into coaching rather than managing, it's not a, well, it's so fun when you're on the first row. It's not, <laughs> John's not doing it well, John, find a new place. Go. You're not doing stuff correctly. That's not our heart here, and that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is, you can do better because I know you can do better. I've made you to do better. Let me get that out of you. Let me show you how you can become the greatest you that you're called to be. Right. So what was fun about thinking through the questioning piece, the discovery piece, the awareness piece of this, I went back to um, remembering my own experience with how I was called into children's ministry. I've never once thought about children's ministry until Pastor Brian approached me one Sunday after church. He didn't tell me. He didn't say, you're going to oversee children's ministry. That's your job. What he said to me was, have you ever thought about leading children's ministry? Mm -hmm. He asked it as a question. I had an opportunity to go, huh, I don't know. Maybe he has. So the approach is completely different when you open with a question versus if you give a dictate or a mandate to do something. So that was my remembrance too. And I'll tag on top of that. So when Pastor Brian asked me to oversee the youth, I told him a flat out no. Did I not? <laughs> told him absolutely not. That I did not want to. I was not called to it and that I was called to just be here and to sit. And what Brian, Pastor Brian did is rather than allow me to sit where I was, allow me to be where I wanted to be. He drew out of me the giftings that were within me by continuing to ask questions. Well, why don't you want to? Have you ever thought that perhaps you're afraid of this? Is fear part of God? Should fear be part of you? Those are all questions. Yeah, it's never <laughs> once a you're doing this, go. It was a this isn't where I see you flourishing the best. These are giftings I believe that you have, and let me help you get there rather than me forcing you into it. Yeah, and I think the other piece, what was great about Pastor JB's teaching is that not only did it apply to our church, right, our church leadership, our church organization, church processes, there's immediate translation into your real life, your Absolutely. worldly life, right, your yeah. relationship life, your parenting life, all of that. So the other piece that was really interesting for me was when you get into an argument with your loved one, you probably, yeah, not that that ever happens, right? I mean, the Bivenses, they have, it's perfect over there. If you want to know, go and talk to them and ask them questions. Mary Poppins. <laughs> Mary Poppins lives in their house. But I think the thing that really, you know, sort of solidified in my mind was when you're in an argument with your loved one or with your spouse or your significant other, you really should ask more questions, yeah. right? There's a discovery process. There's an awareness 
that you need to purpose yourself to learn from, right? So when my husband, Stephen, gets upset and he's elevating his voice or we're having an argument over something, my job, my role is to say, help me understand where this is coming from. Mm -hmm. What happened during your day, right? Or was there something I did that triggered this, right? It immediately brings the tension whoo, mm -hmm. down, yeah. right? Because you're not ratcheting up the conversation. You're simply doing some discovery. Help me gather some more information so that I can make a right choice about how I choose to react. That's emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. That's being able to self-manage. That's being able to understand how your reactions impact your environment. Right? The whole, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Yep. That's an emotional intelligence opportunity. Right, happy wife, happy life is another one. You're absolutely right. That's wrong thinking, wrong thinking. Um, so others that were at the leadership training. I know the Bivenses were there. Um, Priscilla, come on up and join us. Come on down. Come on down. You're the next contestant. Okay, so it was really cool. One thing that sticks out, and I've already noticed since yesterday and even in this morning process. Mm. Process, yes. Process, process. And he had us do a little ga fun game. Gave us a minute to find uh, numbers consecutive one, two, three, four, five, and see how high it can go. So I got to 17 on the first try. And then after we did that, he said, flip it over. And he showed us the process. He said, the way, way I fold it into four grids. And then he showed us the process where you move from grid one to grid two to grid three to grid four, and you just keep going in a circle. Well, then I got 35, so I was increased in my effectiveness. Yep, and efficiency. I'll, exactly. So in thinking on that, I'm like, well, you know, in anything, not just like if you decide you want to volunteer or some area or whatever, just get in there and just start doing it. You know, don't just get in there and start doing it because you're already good at it or whatever. Learn the process. Take time to learn the process because there's always several ways that something can be done either better or more. Or if there is a more. process, where, my, where is it broken? And if right. it's broken or it doesn't exist, then you really should feel empowered to elevate that to your leader and mm -hmm. say, there's a missing process here, right? Rachel Bivens is great at that for our building team in children's ministry. She is. She's wonderful at that. She brings to the table, do we have a process? Do we have policies? Do we, what are the expectations around X, Y, Z? And I think it, she's asking questions, which is good. So as a building team, then, we can sit down and go, oh, no, there isn't a process. Hmm. We need to make one. We need to make one. And then the other but thing. But that's awesome. The other thing with that, too, is, and I've noticed this, and I've seen this in several situations. Um, well, he talked about four types of the members too, and I believe I fully fit the challenger as well. <laughs> um, Rachel hit on those two, she's like a four. I was like, yeah, I was thinking I'm a little bit of two and four. Um, but the cool thing about that is because I've seen it several times where in a team, a team member is afraid to speak up or say something. And then that goes with the forming and storming and norming and all that stuff, which is the flow of building your team and moving forward through the four processes there. Anyway. So that, um, just to encourage when you're on a team, or if you're going to get on a team, don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to say, hey, 
We've never done it like this before. <laughs> right? Or what was the other one? Y'all remember what he said? He said, never say we've tried it before and it didn't work. Um, or we've never done it that way before. Just speak up. Don't be afraid to. It's a safe zone. Safe harbor. That's all I got before I go on to all my other notes. You're I'm awesome. Is <laughs> anyone else who was there yesterday? Come on up, Chris. Please, share with us your thoughts. Um, for me, you know, it wasn't only was I looking at it from a kingdom of God perspective, I was looking at it from a work perspective, too. And I think one of the big things that we, we fail at when it comes to corporate management is that we always look at the person in charge as being a manager. But that's not it at all because, like you said, a manager does one thing. They dictate. You know, they're supposed to manage a process. You do this, you do this, you do this. Good managers aren't managers. They're really coaches because they have uh, an understanding of the big picture. And what they want to do is pass the understanding of that big picture on to their management team and then draw from their management team to overcome whatever the issue is. So I, I know for me, um, I was running in my head all the time. Uh, when, I have, uh, when I have management meetings, um, a lot of times things can get heated because I have different personalities. And there have been times where I've sat down and I've, I've always said, man, why can't they just get along? But in reality, um, you really don't want your people to get along all the time because that's not how you get through problems and issues because if everybody looked at it the same way, it, it, it would not be as successful as what it needs to be. So um, for me, the biggest thing was creating that safe harbor. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about creating safe harbor, we're talking about team building. So we're, we're talking about when um, whatever the team is, children's ministry, outreach, uh, praise and worship, whatever it is, or even in, in business, you know, a, a management team. So you have your managers. You, they all have different personalities. They all have different ways of looking at things. Like you said, Rachel's very analytical when she looks at things. Some people, some people are the, uh, uh, the big picture person. Some people are, they're all about goals, the very end. They, they want to get to the end as fast as they can. So you need to be able to pick those people out. And you need to be able to plug them in. You need to be able to receive from them. That's the other thing is putting yourself in a position where you can receive from your people and, and for them to understand that uh, you're not criticizing or browbeating when you ask questions because a lot of times for me people will have an issue and I'll say, all right, guys, you know, and I'm talking about work. We'll, we'll have an issue and I'll say, all right, come on, give me some ideas. And they'll bring ideas to the table and honestly some of them are stupid. Um, some of them are great. Some of them are unrealistic. Um, some of them lack the finance. Um, so you need to have a, uh, a setting to where people can bring you those ideas, lay it all out there, and be mature enough that if the idea is rejected, that they're like, okay, that's okay, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, and, and also another big thing was um, in that team environment that if you do clash, you know, different personalities, different ideas, it's okay. Leave it there. You know, because we're doing all this out of love anyway. I mean, let's face it, if we're in if we're in some type of ministry, it's a ministry to the Lord. So we're doing it out of love anyway. So it's okay it's okay to argue. It's okay to have different ideas, but just leave it there. So, you know, when you leave the table you, you still come together in unity. So that that was a big thing for me. 
the process, that was a big thing. Um, I actually took one of the papers with me so I, I can too. print it off. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> so I can print it off. Um, for me, it, it's, uh, I was thinking about training tools because a lot of times uh, I'm always talking about big picture, big picture, big picture, and that's a perfect way to help people understand to get a revelation on big picture. Mm -hmm. um, team building was a big one, great big one. Um, understanding that Pastor JB's wife is the second Holy Spirit, and she has the elbow, the elbow, elbow ministry. ministry. Yeah, uh, that was a big one. Um, the good thing for me was that I got to sit sit next to Pastor Chris to to to, to touch you. Yeah, and um, so you always get to glean a little bit from him. Um, it was just it was good all the way around. There was uh, it was very applicable to uh, business and to ministry. So all the way around was really good. Thank you. Oh, Jorge, George, please, sir, bless us with your words of wisdom. I thought it was a, a really great uh, service meetings overall. You know, there was two days. A lot of people will go to workshops, and they'll come away with, you know, little stuffed bears or little pens that glow in the dark, things like that. But what we came to <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yes, but what we came away with um, was how to mentor. Yeah. The biggest thing that if you look across the Bible, one of the biggest themes is mentorship. The disciples mentored others. Jesus mentored the disciples. Yeah. So this was how to mentor. Um, in the Army, the definition of leadership is the process of influencing others by providing direction, uh, purpose, and motivation, which is what a coach does. And another word for coach is mentor. You know, when kids are in trouble, what do they look for? The world calls them a mentorship program. When you have a new person come into the office in your workplace, what are they supposed to have assigned to them? A mentor. If you have that kind of program where you are. In life, you're supposed to have a mentor. And who is it? It's, it's a parent or somebody that you have uh, constant contact with um, that can pour love and guidance into your, into your life. The biggest thing, one of the biggest things for me was the difference between a coach and a, and a manager. Uh, it's been said for many different ways uh, in the past I've heard it, but I think one of the better ways was that uh, you know, a manager dictates and uh, a coach or a leader pulls from within. And just like Deb was saying earlier, uh, one of the, the buzz phrases was, you know, if you can't go within, you go without. And that's very applicable because a coach is supposed to draw the best within somebody. And just like Deb was talking about, you, you go into that lockbox and you unlock it and poof, there it is. You know, um, Vince Lombardi said once that uh, winning is not a sometimes thing, it's an all-the-time thing. All right, and there's a lot of different phrases that a lot of different coaches said throughout the years. Um, but a true leader is a, uh, a coach, whether it's a coach in life, a coach in sports, uh, just an overall coach in any other aspect. But that person's job, <coughs> excuse me, that person's job is to pray and find out, okay, Father, What's you have something like I'm going to use John Benton because he's a great example. 
okay, Father, what is in John Benton that I can help bring out that he might not even know is there? You know, and you say, okay, there it is. And, and you don't dictate, just like Deb was saying earlier, you don't dictate and say, okay, John, I know you're an awesome organizer, so this is how I want you to do it. Bam, 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 bam. When you dictate to somebody, you don't allow them to grow. You don't mentor them at all. When you ask questions, okay, John, um, I want you to sit up communion today. If you have any questions, let me know. You know, something like that. And say, okay, hey, John, have you ever submitted, have you ever put together a communion before? Okay, do you know what's involved? Things like that. You allow that person to think through things themselves. And it's kind of what we call a safety net. You're creating a safety net for them. They're going through the process themselves, but you're giving them right and left limits. You're kind of going, okay, yep, no, you're getting a little off path. Here you go. Oh, you're getting a little off path again. Okay, no, we don't need lemon juice. We need grape juice. You know, things like that. And so a coach will sit there and give that person the, the safety net, the line. Um, well, I used to call it, I'd give you enough rope to hang yourself. I will sit there and allow somebody to go through stuff, and then once that last part is there, okay, I'm going to reel you back in, and we're going to go through it again and again and again. Um, but you give you, you coach, you teach, and you mentor. You say, okay, and then without even realizing it, they have now been mentored. And not only that, if you do it the correct way, the way that God has shown us, then he's going to pass it on to the next person. He's not going to go around and say, when John is going to um, pass on to the next person, say, okay, you know what, you're going to set up communion, here you go. No, because while you're doing this, you're also build, building their leadership style, and they don't even realize it. You're building them. You're building a leader and not a manager. If you sit there and you dictate to somebody how they do stuff all the time, what happens? They're going to turn around and do the same exact thing that they saw. It's just, it's parenting, says the guy that doesn't have any kids. Um, but they they sit there and you go, okay, they're going to replicate that. So just like Pastor Brian has told us before, you want to replicate yourself. Well, we want to replicate what Jesus has, has done to us and the mentorship that he has shown us. And he doesn't, he doesn't do that. We're not supposed to do that for everybody else either. And then all of a sudden, we do it the right way to John. John does the right way to the next person, the next person, next person, next person. You know, and it just keeps going and going and going like that. And the other part was, <coughs> excuse me, the other part was um, how to correct people in love. You know, um, you know, John's role, again, was to sit up communion today, and it's not set up. My job is not to come to you and go, John, you were supposed to set up communion. You're a horrible person, you know. It's not supposed to dictate anything like that at all. It is a question. Okay, John, hey, uh, communion isn't set up. You know, help me understand why. You know, you come to him. The world might say uh, with your hat in your hand, but you don't. You come to him, and you want to know why. You want to understand why this wasn't happening. You don't want to assume anything. Because when you assume stuff, then you start dictating stuff, right? Okay? It, but if you sit there and you ask questions, you that allows the other person to open up. And when you open up, they feel valued. It's what's called giving them a chip in. Okay? So then all of a sudden, or buy-in, you sit there, okay, okay, he cares about me because he wants to know why it wasn't done. He wasn't yelling at me because it wasn't done. That makes you approachable as well. So all of a sudden now, if a dictator is sitting there going, blah, 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 are you approachable? No. 
But if somebody is asking questions, that's approachable. Jesus was approachable, right? He just didn't sit there and say, okay, why don't you have this done? Why don't you have this done? No. Say, all right, give me all your food. You know, no, he wasn't. He said, okay, how much food is here? How many people are here? What is this? You know. So that's another lesson that we take out, just like Chris was saying. You take that out into your civilian world jobs outside of the church, um, and you apply that to your leadership 101. You say, okay. You sit there and go, all right, this wasn't this you know, these tasks weren't done. You don't bring the guy in and say, these tasks weren't done. Okay. Well, why weren't these done? Well, because this there might be something going on in the company, and, and maybe by asking that person, that gives you the open, or that gives him the open door to talk to you about things that you might not even know are going on. But it starts with you asking and not dictating. So that's what I saw. Perfect. Thank you. So just some final thoughts to wrap up. Um, I think JB, Pastor JB does a really good job of couching a lot of all of his teaching and training in the Bible and, and um, stories that we have heard through our whole growing up in the church. And I think the thing he reminded us of was at the conclusion of his ministry, three, three and a half years in, he had 120 followers. He had 120 people in his church. But they weren't 120 people that he had told, do this, do this, do this, do this. He had replicated himself. He had created 120 replications of himself. And it was those replicated leaders that took over the whole world. Took over the whole world. So don't ever think that it necessarily has to be this you know, gargantuan thing in your mind. It, it, all it takes is coaching and mentoring one person at a time. One person at a time. And don't ever stop seeking to learn and grow. Yeah. Pastor JB said that as well. Right? He sought out his leadership and said, I really want to go to this special training in Florida. And the board looked at him and said, absolutely. Not only absolutely, but you should continue to seek to grow and change, which is what all of us really should continue to do, is seek to grow and change right? so that we can grow up as disciples, grow up in our leadership, grow up in our coaching ability. So with that, I want to thank you all for being a part of the 10 o'clock class. We'll close with prayer and we'll get ready for our 11 o'clock service. So dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the teaching and coaching and training opportunity uh, that this body received at Agape Faith Church Friday and Saturday. Lord, we ask for a special, special dose of blessing and abundance be poured out on that church, be poured out on Pastor JB and his leadership team. They hosted a phenomenal event, Father, and the ripples from that event, Father, we receive them, we accept them, we choose to operate in them. We choose to implement them. We choose to change because our heart is to grow. So we thank you for that opportunity. We thank you for the opportunity to bring our learning back to our local body and share that with you all. And I just, Father, you're, you're such a good, good father. Just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We'll see you soon.